To the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into this studio to talk about sex and sexuality with me. Today, I'm super excited uh, to interview this person all the way from Montreal. <laughs> Please welcome to the mic. Okay, she does escort and domination. She produces play parties and social events as well. Please welcome to the mic, April Killian. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. I am so very excited to chat with you. We're going to play. <clears throat> we're going to play. <laughs> I wish. Yes. We're going to talk about <laughs> play parties and like lots of topics today. But we met at a play party, yes. um, a professional one, and you produced them for yourself. So I feel like we'll talk about yes. that a little bit, right? Yes. I love play parties. It's uh, one of my favorite things to organize and be a part of. What are some of your favorite things about them, perhaps? Um, I love the connection. I love the group setting. I love that you get to watch so many beautiful moments at the same time as you're living some. Um, a lot of these moments is like people let go and try new things for the first time. And I really like to be there when people try things for the first time and they actually like it. Like I feel like they're discovering a new part of themselves. And I love watching that happen. Yeah, I agree. That is one of the best experiences I think as a provider for myself is like to see that person discover something about themselves. Yeah. Um, and to be a facilitator in that is like just so rewarding. And yeah, also very. like, super hot, you know, depending what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And well said how you were like, you can kind of be observing and watching other things that are happening at the same time as experiencing your own thing. That was really well said. And I think that's (laughs) that's a great reason like that I like working play parties as well is like, you can kind of get to experience both, right? Yeah, yeah, you can be like exhibitionist and voyeur at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) And I like that you never have any control on any situation. Like in the sense that like, you're doing this thing in one one person and there's it could be something super fucking wild happening like right next to you and like it's just a surprise like you could have never predicted that that would be happening um <laughs> i'll give an example like i was minding my own business and peeing in the washroom and then there was Effie that came in and started doing uh golden showers and squirting on people in the bathtub right next to me and i was just like come on in everybody I, exactly i was just like I just went in there to pee for two seconds, have a break. And then there's like this whole party that started happening in the bathtub next to me. I was like, there's no way you could have predicted this. (laughs) We love a bathroom party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was amazing. So um, that uh, the event that we met each other. Yes. um, That one was I, I to me that those ones feel really special. 
in that it's like there's kink providers, there's mm-hmm. full service providers. So the clientele, you know, get to do that thing we were talking about of like, maybe, you know, they're a regular of some of the full service gals and then, um, or humans, and then they kind of maybe want to dip their toe into some kinky stuff. So you get these like very curious people um, that, yeah. that it come to them, which I always enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, and I really love that. I love also seeing the connection that some clients have with other providers that they've already met. Mm. I feel so privileged to be able to just watch that and be a part of that for a moment. Like, you know, when you bring your regular in and then he's like glued to you because he's terrified and then you're like (laughs) look look we could like have this and enjoy this and then like it's almost it feels almost like a couple but not a couple that are exploring something new together and it feels like a safe space for the client also to like just try new things because they're with someone that they know and trust yeah I and I think that might be a really good like kind of tip to navigate these things right it's like Mm -hmm. Um, if you know one of the providers there, you know, like I wouldn't set the expectation that you're going to be able to give them one-on-one attention the whole night because that's (laughs) completely unreasonable. However, there, we would be so happy to like introduce you to people and start conversations and like, oh, let's like join, you know, these other people doing this play. Let's sit and watch for a bit. That's always a nice stepping stone to get them involved more with the other people at the pro- at the party. Yeah. Uh I love parties. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, you produce your own in Montreal. Yes. I see you post about them a lot and I'm so jealous of all the things. <laughs> I feel like at one point you did a pool party in the summer. Yes. Oh, and I was so jealous. I was like that would be yes. so fun. Um so what maybe inspires you to create like your different ideas for your parties um I just try to create experiences that I feel are not out there already like our Halloween parties like we do like a Halloween like everyone is dressed up and then we have like a little competition like between each other so that like people really put effort and it's really funny sometimes people will like fuck the whole time with their outfits and (laughs) it's it's amazing like you get to do like all of this like almost role play (laughs) involuntary role play kind of orgy and then our Christmas one we do like a gift exchange and everyone brings food to the potluck and it really feels like it's a big friend gathering and then we exchange gifts and then we have this sexy party after and so I feel like these are like moments that don't really exist and so for the pool party that one was like I've never seen an orgy or pool party that was like outside and stuff And so uh, one of my friends has this huge house and allowed me to rent it for the party. And there was like a spa, a huge pool and an outdoors area. And we had one of the providers that was hired to do the barbecue and sexy lingerie, another provider that was doing the bartending. And so it was really nice. And we got to play outside. We got to play inside. Uh, We got to enjoy a full meal together, everyone together at the barbecue. And so, uh, yeah, we get to do like this huge party that I feel like only exists like in porn or in fantasies. And then we just create something super special. And I feel like every orgy that I do or every party tops the previous one, tops the previous one. Like every party at the end, I'm like, oh my God, this was the best party I've ever organized. <laughs> best party is always the last party you did, right? <laughs> always. Yeah. yeah. How do you top yourself if you're kind of thinking like that of like, ooh, we're going to keep amping it up, <clears throat> keep getting even more and more creative. Like, how do you, how do you do that? 
<laughs> I think the thing that really amps it up is more about the connection between the providers and the clients, the providers between each other. Because we, we've done like the Christmas orgy and the Halloween orgy every every year, but every year it's been completely different and extremely powerful. But it's just like the providers are getting more comfortable with the orgy settings and stuff because we've been to multiple of our events and the clients also. One of the things that I find the most surprising is like at least half of the people at my parties are people that have been there previous times. They really like it and they come back and they come back. I mean, and that shows that they're, you know, people are really enjoying attending them if they keep going yes. back. Yeah. Yeah. And, but like also they're more comfortable with themselves. And so they'll try a lot of new things and they'll just be more comfortable. Like we've had a party that like, there's just this whole bed that became the bed, the by bed. And so all of the clients were trying bisexual stuff together and all of the girls were just around and we were just oh, like, whoa, we're not really needed here. <laughs> <laughs> you guys you guys took care of each other but we were all like really excited <laughs> but like it was just like it was a really beautiful safe space and so the clients that have already seen each other a few times were like well if there's a place to try this it would be here yep and yeah and so they just started uh playing together and i was just like that's amazing like there's no other circumstances or any other party that i've been to personally that there was bisexuality between clients let's say Yes, that to me, that's like, that's really amazing. Like, I wish that was the case at more parties. So that's really amazing that you kind of cultivated that specific experience. Um, yeah. How did that come about? <laughs> like, how did that you make that happen? You know, um, I I have two clients that I know are bi or bi curious. And I was just like, if anything happens, I just want you to know that about each other. And if you want to go about it, like, have fun, discover each other out, have, like, and then, like, two seconds later, they were in bed sucking each other's dicks. Oh and then God, there's, like, matchmaker. two. Yeah, and then there's two other clients that joined in, and they were like, you know what? I want to try. And then there was just a whole bed of just, like, clients like, that were sucking I each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh it was God. so cool. Okay, there's so much about of what you said that I want to ask you stuff about. <laughs> so, okay, I am, like... Roleplay is like my number fucking one. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you mention, okay, not only is it like a costume party, a Halloween party, <laughs> it's like people are actually like mostly staying in role for yes. like the play. That appeals to me like crazy. Like, yeah. oh my God, if you <laughs> came up with like at any other time of the year, you know, did a theme costume party around any like ds archetypes you know like it's a, mm-hmm. it's it's school you know it's it's we're at school it's school time role play so whatever yeah. that means to you come on in and it will just be like all these cool different types of role play scenes the whole night mm-hmm. like that's amazing i fucking love that <laughs> We want we consider doing that. Um, I say we because I organize them with my assistant. Mm-hmm. Uh, she does more of like the email and the managing. God I bless. come up with the yes, <laughs> and I just take care of the fun stuff <laughs> and the advertising. Um, but yeah, we we wanted to do that. We were just scared that we wouldn't get enough bookings. We wanted like a client brought up that like he really wanted to do like a nurse, like yep. every all nurses and like medical play stuff. But I was, like, not sure 100% because, like, everyone has, like, different kinks that are related to that. And I was, like, does it become, like, a domination thing? Does it become, like, all of the clients are, like, 
in the hospital beds and then we do naughty things with them, <laughs> which could be really cool. But I was just like, there's like so much to like, we have to interview almost every client to see exactly what their fantasy is. Yes. To yeah. make sure that it's cohesive. If not, it's just like going to be like a clusterfuck. And I'm I'm dedicated to role plays. Like I really want you to feel your full fantasy and like whatever the fantasy is, I want you to live it 100%. Yeah. And so I just don't want it to be like, oh, they were just dressed in nurse outfits. Like no, if no, we're doing yeah. a nurse role play orgy, <laughs> it has to be it. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Doing, doing stuff like that, it, it's that balance of like, is it too niche? Will it have broad enough appeal? But then also, as you mentioned, you want to give them these really personal, specific experiences. So you want to make sure to hit all that. It's a lot to kind of balance. So yeah, I can see why it makes more sense to just like come in a costume. It's Halloween, you know, if you want to be in role, then that's that specific role that you obviously want to be in in this environment. So you can do that. And then Mm -hmm. you can just kind of see how you connect with like other people's kind of characters or roles. I'm obsessed. I love that so much. Yeah. 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 But I'm not against doing like the nurse one, but like, I think I do it smaller to start like four clients, four providers to start Mm -hmm. just to make sure that it's not too chaotic. Um, Yeah. But we have plenty of ideas like that. We wanted to do obviously the school, the return to school kind of thing in September would be really good. We, the usually, usually the one I do in, uh, in uh, spring is the spring bunnies. And then we all have like our little bunny Easter ears and stuff, which is kind of cute. Yeah. We're also um, trying to organize one for disabled clients as well with uh, a nurse, like a real nurse, not <laughs> not a sexy nurse, <laughs> but like a real nurse uh, there to move the disabled people around if they need to be in a more comfortable position and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, we're working on that right now because we have a lot of amazing disabled clients that want to participate. And uh, but we have to have like the right environment, the right setting, and we need help to be able to move uh the people around and stuff yeah 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 I had um more complicated yeah it's absolutely more complicated but it's so important and amazing um yeah if that happens yeah uh there's someone a disabled sex advocate here in Toronto his name's Mm -hmm. Andrew Gerza I don't know if you know him but he um ran the first uh disabled orgy here in Toronto oh cool you know got a completely accessible space and had um like lifts available Mm -hmm. like like oh cool equipment you know to help as you said like move folks around comfortably Mm -hmm. and navigate like the physicality of an orgy so that would be amazing if something else like that happened because that was like maybe five years ago at this point and I don't hear anything like that you know that that happens so yeah yeah, if you still have the contacts of that person, oh, we could try do. to make something happen together. And yeah. I I really want to make that happen. And we found a space. Uh, we haven't found, like, the lifts and stuff. But it's been hard for the nurses because, like, obviously, if you get caught and blah, 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 because it's sex-related, you could lose your absolutely your, your titles and blah, blah, blah. And I, I find that so unfair. Uh, it's It's crazy. I've talked to Andrew specifically about, like, so many care workers are just, you know, not able to give them the support they require with their, like, sexual needs, you know, and sexuality yeah. needs. Like, it, it, it's really <clears throat> tough to navigate both for the people taking care um, taking care and getting cared for. It's like, yeah. I just wish, you know, 
that it could be more of an open conversation and like that people were sex positive about that. And then, yeah, if people want to take part in like facilitating sexual, say this orgy, like for Mm -hmm. disabled folks, it's like there's stigma there. They got to navigate. And um, it's really, it makes everything just so difficult for disabled folks to access. Like a lot of disabled folks can't masturbate. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. There's a there's a place here in Montreal that I really like. There's a building for disabled people and uh, for all levels of disabilities. And they're super sex positive. And they're nurses and the people there, like if they want to see an escort, they're allowed to. And they will manage all of the email and the, the like bookings and stuff to make sure that like everything yeah. is okay. And then when you arrive, they make sure that the person is comfortable and um they stay near the door so if there's an emergency or something like you can just open the door mm-hmm. and there's someone there and i really like that it's uh it's a really nice like super sex positive space it's not because you're disabled that you don't have sexual and sexual needs and you need like touch and love and i i just find it so unfair that there's not that space yet maybe maybe in a few years who knows uh and sex work to allow us to be there for these people. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, There was something else you mentioned that I wanted to hit on as well. Yeah. Um, this thing of uh, how the question was topping your last person. Yes. You know? <laughs> and you mentioned, I love that your answer was actually, it has to do with like the connection and the comfortability of both yes. the providers and the clients, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like you're trying to make things more extreme or more, you know what I mean? Like, no, or more hardcore, or like however you want to say it. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, you can top it by people just more love more love yes yeah yeah yeah. because I don't think many people would think you know that would be the answer it's like no no it's just it's all about yeah comfort and care yeah like it's really fun because like a lot of the providers that have seen some of the clients before in other parties like when they see that the person is on the list they get like really excited and so like you know that the second that they enter like both the providers and the clients are going to be having these amazing conversations. They're going to be super connected. And obviously the sex that in, that goes with that is also super connected and beautiful. And so whatever they're sharing with other people at the same time just becomes even better. Like not to say that new people don't have fun. Like that's not true. Like you're, you're going to be loved and you're going to be included in our love bubble just as much. <laughs> but obviously if you come back and like people know you, um, you become part of like the sexy family. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, these are kind of, these are community events as well, right? Yeah. So it's like you're being welcomed, you know, and yeah. you want everybody to feel welcome. And do you have like any advice, I'm wondering, for folks <clears throat> who maybe they are attending their first party and like how to navigate that for the best, like, quote unquote, success? I would say stop trying to have control and just follow the flow like there's nothing bad that's gonna happen like everything that's gonna happen is gonna be beautiful and fun and like genuine like there's there's not a single party that I've been in where I felt like the providers were not genuine and 
it's just like so much full of love. And yes, there's people that are going to come talk to you. You'll never be left alone in a corner. There's no, no one is ever left alone in a corner, except if you say like, I want to be alone in the corner yeah. right now. I am overwhelmed. <laughs> but uh, a lot of people come in the first times and they're like very nervous and they're very stressed, but there's nothing stressful that's going to happen. Like no one's going to make you do a speech naked in front of everyone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's, it's some a... weird humiliation scene <laughs> exactly. we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> that you've consented to. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah, everyone is just there for like fun and beautiful connections and I feel, I feel like the first maybe hour or something, you're going to be nervous. But the second that everyone's naked and then no one's like, no one's like looking at each other's dicks and being like, oh, look at that guy's dick. Like, yeah. no, if someone's looking at it, it's probably because they're going to be sucking it. Yeah, they want it. <laughs> they want it. <laughs> they want it inside them. That's why they're looking. Uh, <laughs> do you ever... um coordinate like a group scene or like float that idea of like at one point we want to do a scene that looks like this or that involves these activities mm -hmm. like do you ever kind of coordinate something I have done a lot of really big and elaborate bookings where like you had to be like 16 people everyone had a specific role um and then like things would happen I could give you this example like there's this person and he wanted to feel like he was being brought into a building he's never been in blindfolded the entire time and he wanted to feel like he was in a room with a lot of people talking and he was just naked there and attached like with his hands to the ceiling and I was like kind of being his inner voice of like humiliation and blah 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 so I was just going around him and whispering and stuff but he would never know where I was exactly in the room but he would hear a lot of other people having conversations around and other people would come in and then like giving a be give him a beating that he consented to and then I would be next to him with the voice again whispering and this and that and so like that was one of a really elaborate one it was like a four-hour thing um, and then we had to bring him up and down in different spaces. He had to feel like he was being brought up and down in multiple places. I think we went into two, <laughs> two spaces, but we made him go up and down. Anyway, he had no idea. He was like confused as fuck. <laughs> At some point, we made him believe we were outside. Like we were really good. <laughs> and he was just naked and blindfolded and we were walking him around outside, but we were inside anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, I've done a lot of really elaborate bookings like that, and I really like it. I'm, I consider myself like a full fantasy provider in that sense that like if you come to me with a fucking specific elaborate scenario that you need so much stuff to happen and you want it very precise, I'll make it happen. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like that could also be a thing that's more accessible for people who get really nervous, stressed, anxious about like the unknown of what's mm -hmm. going to happen at a party yeah. or at the event. And so maybe if they kind of at least have an idea of like one thing that's going to be happening at the party that can <laughs> anchor them a bit and I don't know prepare them a bit better maybe yeah what's going to happen for sure is they're going to have a great time like I've never seen someone <laughs> leave an orgy crying <laughs> yeah 
sad. <laughs> no one's sad. Even even if you're too nervous and you you just don't want to participate for your first time and you just want to sit in a corner, you're just going to see so many beautiful things. It's going to be filling up your fat bank for years. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's a, an option. You know, just come mm-hmm. and watch and you know people sit and watch with you have a drink with you or whatever yeah. snack and you can just be the voyeur that's something you can do too especially yeah. for a first time no pressure no pressure like if you want to be left alone there's also people that have the kink that they just want to be like the fly on the wall that sees all yeah. of these things happening i love sexy things <laughs> Bedpost Podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com, but one of my favorite things to do is to go on Instagram at Club M4 Events and check out what they have going on. So just scrolling through here, we have Wednesday afternoon play party, game night, threesome Fridays, sexy lingerie, Club M4's fetish fantasy, and New Year's Eve glitz and glamour. If anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. Oh, yeah. so you mentioned you you um, organize social events as well. Yes. So what do those kind of look like? Is it kind of like a munch or just like a meet and greet or what's, what's kind of the format there? Um, varied. Um, so I do one or two a year that is like a really big that I, I reserve like a full bar and, uh, providers come and then clients come and then I organize games to make people interact because a lot of the times that I've been invited to those kinds of events, people weren't talking. You yeah, had the providers in the corner <laughs> and the clients yeah. in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like and a grade so, school dance. <laughs> yeah, really. But with like adults. Yeah. And like very sexy providers in a corner and like you're just like, oh, I have fantasies on all of them but I'm too nervous to go talk. It's like all of the people there are like the vape of the school. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I organize those and I, I organize like plenty of little games in them that are not like overwhelming games that take all of the space of the party. But like it's little things like you have to find, you have to find your match of another part person and then when you find them, you go get a shot together and stuff like that um yeah and so um i also organize uh, board game uh nights i haven't done some in a little while but i have so many board games i'm super nerd super geek i have 150 board games and a lot of clients like board games and don't have like friends or social groups to play with or friends that don't want to play board games so yeah yeah um 
I organize a few of those, and uh, so it's a great way to talk and have social time uh, where you get to connect with some providers as well, and we play games like one or two in the evening, depending on the game uh, chosen. We order pizza, and we make like an evening like it was with friends out of it, um, and we play games. So I do those. I think that's amazing because I think one thing we don't talk about super often, at least on this pod, is like providers do social dates, right? So one-on-one social dates, you know, you'll go out for a drink or for dinner or for coffee or lunch or whatever the hell. And it's just social time. It could be, you know, social just for social time. Or it can be you're working up to, you know, a booking that's Mm -hmm. a little more intimate or explicit or private. But like, you know, you can take a provider to a party, you know, to Oasis, to whatever, um, Uh, see a band, do you know, anything, right? But so I love that you're taking, you know, social dates that are usually one on one, but yeah. you're taking them to this group group atmosphere yet again of like, okay, let's, you know, let's all just hang out. We're beautiful, gorgeous, smart, powerful providers and yeah. adorable. And geek and nerdy. And geeky <laughs> and nerdy and all of that. Like, we're layered individuals <clears throat> and let's yeah. all get together and just like enjoy each other's company. But over board games, over anything, you know, yeah. and just I do icebreakers and... Yeah, I, I just, I love that idea. Give give them a chance to not only enjoy this lovely social event, but also meet people for future bookings, perhaps. Um, just making connections as well, like on a not intimate, like physically intimate yeah. level. All of that. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm trying to organize one. It's been two years that I've been working on it. Um, in Quebec City, there's a place that's called the Village Valcartier. And it's a place where you go and you uh, slide in those tubes those air tubes uh, I think oh, it's called tubing yes. and um, I've been trying to organize a social date where we all go together like we rent like a caravan or something and we go and we have a tubing day everyone together and we after that we go to a restaurant we go eat and then the girls providers uh, them days everyone well yep. we sleep in a room and then the clients will have like either their individual rooms or two bedrooms and then we come back the next day um, and I want it to be like just social so that there's no pressure on anyone. And so people get to know each other as well. People can have fun. And yeah, wow. so wow, that's wow, one wow. of the things I want to organize that I've been working on, but it's been uh, complicated. <laughs> yes, that's it. I mean, all to say you're an events producer. These <laughs> things are wildly complicated too to organize like so many people involved like you know you've got to do your screening and you've got to get providers who are really enthusiastic about doing whatever it is that you're going to be doing at the party and the venue is a huge um you know thing to figure out you know Mm -hmm. especially where I'm you know sex is going to be involved in a lot of these parties like where can we be having sex a big group (laughs) having loud like kind of a wild time that's another thing to consider like boy so you have an assistant which makes perfect sense because (laughs) how could you possibly by yourself uh, it, on top of that, I have like my business on the side, and I have a lot of other c- 
commitments in my life and I organize a lot of other events uh, that are not related to sex work as well. Uh, So yeah, I I really needed uh, someone to take care of some aspects. (laughs) Can I ask you, April, where do you source this? this talent for, for doing this? Where does this come from? I, I can I consider myself a gatherer. I like to bring people together. I like people making friends. I like people discovering themselves. I like people connecting. Um, and that's one of the things that I like with my social parties as well. Like even at the social dates, like, like, or the social events I organize, I go see clients and I'm like, you two like the same things. You two should be friends. Like truly YouTube. a matchmaker, truly. <laughs> like, not even about the sex. Like, it's yeah. like, you two like exactly the same things. Like, we talked about the same things. Like, you two should be friends. And yeah. sometimes they actually do become really good friends. There's there's this time we had an orgy, and there's two clients, and both of them are not from, from Canada. And they actually, by talking, learned that they came from exactly the same village in another country. Wow. And so they when they went back to see their families and stuff, they went and they hung out in their country. Oh my god. And they they're like How super beautiful. friends and like they met each other's families now and like they're now like both of the families are friends. And I'm like that I like that all happened because you guys were at an orgy. Like I can't like that's like I love that. That's mind blowing. I love that. Oh my god. Like Yeah. I think I talked on one episode, I believe it was with um, Darren Campbell, um, who's a sex educator here in Toronto. Okay. We talked about this phenomenon of like how cis male, you know, het submissives um, Mm -hmm. are so isolated. And it's partly why a lot of them, there's a huge learning curve between fantasy and reality of like doing kink and doing kink with a provider. Mm -hmm. It's because like they don't have these resources of other submissives where they feel comfortable and confident asking questions and learning from each other and, you know, taking a journey together and talking to people and like, they're just so isolated in their desires in that way. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's a bit of an epidemic. Like, I'm sure you've had experiences as I definitely have with, (laughs) you know, people trying to serve you and it's just so backwards the way they're interacting with you. And it's like, wow, you don't know anything about anything, do you? Like, (laughs) no, it would be great to have a friend who's another submissive, you know, Hetz's male that you could actually like you know, just learn shit and like, (laughs) be fucking normal about it. Um, (laughs) But like, I I, so I just love to hear because because I think that also can be the thing of clients, you know, of providers can often feel very isolated. And there's a stigma around it. There's probably shame and all of this stuff. So like, it really, really warms my heart to see clients becoming friends and interacting at parties in whatever way, you know, intimate or not, or social or whatever, because like, that's so important in people's like sexual journeys. Yeah, so fucking important. Yeah, some of my clients they have like a group chat of the parties, and then they organize. I love that. Yeah, and they they like plan their Airbnbs together, and so like they stay together and they go out together after, and like they make a whole thing like a friend thing out of it, and they see each other outside of the parties, and I just I love that. 
I love that you can experience and be part of something that's stigmatized and also like somewhat secret, but like have friends through it and like you can confide into people because yes, it is isolating for providers, but at least we can find some communities and we have friends or we make friends over the time. But as clients, it's pretty hard to find other people. And so when we have these social parties or the orgies, I make sure to try to make them connect with other people. <laughs> I find yeah. it important. Yeah, it is so important. Like, like, how do you, because to me, that's so rare. How do you make that happen? Like, how do you, again, like I asked you with the sexual stuff, you know, client, mm-hmm. client sexual stuff happening, but like, how do you facilitate, you know, them becoming friends? Um, in the social parties, it's actually easy. I'm just like, you two talk. <laughs> I take them like Barbies and like, now kiss and like, now talk. <laughs> now kiss, now scissor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mentally scissoring. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to make them do. Um, but um, sometimes I do have clients that I like, I think, and I'm like, I have this other client that I feel like you two would be friends. And if they both have a Twitter, I'll try to make a group chat, like with both of their consents and then make them talk. Or I'll be like, oh, they're coming at this social. If you're coming to, I could present you to them. Or if you're okay, I'll just give you the email. And then like, obviously people consenting on both sides. But yeah, I find it, I find it important. And we're humans. Like, it's not because there's like sex work, and there's like money or an exchange of money that that takes away of the experience of being humans and wanting to connect and finding people that are likely to connect with you. Yeah, it's hard when you have like niche kind of stigmatized interests, you know, (laughs) to find people with like interests, right? Friends. Yeah, because it's all kind of hush hush. So I don't know, I think you doing these social events and, and whatnot are like, so, so important to sex, sex worker culture, (laughs) on the on the client end of sex worker culture, right? Because a lot of these people see providers regularly, if they're showing up at a party, you know, it's probably not their first experience with a provider, right? Yeah, Uh, kudos to you if you've just suddenly dived in to (laughs) to (laughs) but like, you know, this seeing providers can be a big part of some people's lives so it's really important that you can share that with somebody you know that's not the provider you're seeing like Mm -hmm. in a friendship way in a support way resource way yeah Uh, likely someone that that feels the same or that's that goes through the same thing or has the same schedule availability also to hang out and have those conversations and talk online and I take all of that in account when I matchmake them. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So we've talked a lot about like your managerial organization (laughs) hat, you know, you wearing this hat of a producer and all of this stuff. How would you describe yourself as a provider as when you're in sexual intimate scenarios? What comes out there? My full self. um, I don't hide behind anything. Um, I'm happy to be there. I'm happy and I feel very spoiled to be able to experience all of these different intimacies and love bubbles. I I feel that I'm my 100% self at all times. And for me, that's really important because I wouldn't be able to live with myself otherwise. (laughs) It would be so complicated to manage, (laughs) managing another another side of myself. No, I'm like, I'm just going to be my full self everywhere. 
Um, and where do you source? Where do you source that? I'm curious. The strength <laughs> to do that. The experience to feel really confident with that and where, um, where does that come from for you I don't know <laughs> I think <laughs> I think a big part for me is was letting go of this fear of being hurt um, because a lot of a lot of the times when you're protecting yourself and you're creating these barriers to access yourself it's because you're afraid of being hurt and I don't see hurt as pain I see it as a proof that you are being yourself and your full self at all times Mm. and so for me like let's say in a love relationship or something and I experience pain for me it shows that I really cared and I was myself and I was entirely devoted to this situation uh, or this relationship and so uh, I try to live my full self in that way at all times and if I get hurt it's just part of the process of being myself and having cared and having put genuine feelings into the relationships that I build here's a question because that's so beautiful and that's so that can be so vulnerable (laughs) right like like so how do you kind of maintain your boundaries at the same time as doing that like so say if you're doing that in your work right mm-hmm. you're just so yeah. vulnerably open sexually emotionally all of that stuff yes. bringing a hundred percent of your self into this work how do you mm-hmm. kind of also do the thing where you are protecting yourself and um and whatnot i think i'm able to distinguish like the types of affections that I have for people and I have deep love and I have deep emotions for a lot of my clients but it's not love it's not like love like a relationship love but it is still a very big affection like a big friendship and friendship love yeah exactly and I would categorize most of my clients that I have this type of affections for as a friendship love And I feel that for them, it's also the same way. And that we're also able to talk about emotions. And I feel like if clients will tell me that I love you, I understand that it's part of how they feel when they're with me. And it doesn't mean necessarily that they're, they want to marry me, for example, or they want me to be their girlfriend. They're just in this moment. That is how they feel about our relationship and our dynamic and we're able to talk about it. And I'm not scared. Like a lot of cli- uh, providers will be like, oh, like the client said, I love you. I don't want to see him anymore, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, there's ways to make those feelings become something pure and beautiful and meaningful and nurturing for both of us. And it also without... stays in that container. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the time we see each other, the few hours we were together. Yeah, I would much prefer being with a client that loves me than a client that hates me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) the experience is just so much better. And, like, the conversations we have are so much more fun. And, like, those clients, I like, we have a lot of social dates or we do activities. And it's stuff that we both like to do. And, like, we just, like, do so much together. And, like, for those moments, we have this specific and special relationship. But it's not a relationship that we carry back into our lives it's like it's our little zone that we have created both of us in which we get to live great care for each other and then we go home and we care for our other things (laughs) yes yeah and I, I guess that's the essence of like what is called the girlfriend experience right it's like this is our fantasy relationship you know yeah where we can experience like love and vulnerability and all of this one on one 
energy and devotion, you know, and attention. And it can feel very special and very like a real relationship, you know, because it is a relationship. Client, it provider, is. every everybody we relate to, we're in a relationship with, right? If we do it exactly on an ongoing manner, so it's like we are in a relationship. But you're also kind of both understanding the container of like, okay, this is something that exists here, and let's do it fully here. And then let's go back home after to our respective <laughs> yeah. and, and lives. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever like have to have those conversations of, of like setting the boundary of like, it exists here and I love that it exists here, but like, don't DM me 10 times a day or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind if you DM me 25 times a day, but I would just not look at them until I have the time and the mental space or right. like, I know I'm going to be seeing you soon. So I want to be caught up with the stuff. Yeah. But yeah, like I always tell my clients also, like you wouldn't want to date me. I am never available. Like, <laughs> Yeah, right. I'm I have busy. such a huge life out of sex work that like the time that I was able to create for us in that moment would not exist if you were my partner. <laughs> it's because we have this relationship and this boundary and this setup that I'm able to create this space for you in my schedule. Yeah. I work every day until like 2 a.m. on my businesses and on like organizing these projects and these events and this and that and whatever. And like there's there's not any space in my life for a boyfriend and you'd feel very left out if you were my boyfriend. <laughs> you would be so, so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm sorry, like... This this is precious and it's beautiful because we get to share it like this because out of this, this is not what it would be. <laughs> yes, like, and I get the thing of like, people can f catch feelings, you know, in mm -hmm. because specifically because we set up this context where it's like so much one-on-one -on -one attention and care and, and time together, right? But like, mm -hmm. again, it's that thing of like, yeah, I'm doing that because you've booked me for this amount, this finite amount of time. Like, mm -hmm. and the, the context is like, we're here together to connect, right? Yeah. Not to say that that setup can happen other places in life as well with partners <laughs> with friends well like family, friends whatever. that's what we do as well like we set up this time and this space for us to be able to connect yeah but same thing then we go back to our respective exactly jobs and whatever <laughs> and lives and crazy schedules yes and family and all that stuff yeah so yeah it, it you know it it is that thing of like uh, the other common place i guess it happens is like with therapists right falling in love with your therapist it's like of course yes. you're in love with them they're sitting there and just listening to you <laughs> for an hour and they're offering you the best advice thoughtful thoughtful advice because mm -hmm. they care about you as a client but like where else do you get that that like direct you know attention and care and like a an awful hour of a listening ear from yeah. somebody like of course you're gonna be like this person's the best person that ever existed it's like well also they're doing that so that you can experience that in this container of your booking them and they're there to spend time with you in whatever way um mm -hmm. doesn't mean it's any less meaningful or whatever but it's just like yeah it exists because you booked it <laughs> exactly <laughs> i don't know how else to say it <laughs>
but yeah that's it is because you you book that special time that one-on-one time and like you share a lot of intimacy and vulnerability with your therapist as well it's just that it's not sexual yeah. and we just like it's maybe because there's like a sexual connection as well or a sexual chemistry that develops as well that like there's a lot of clients that fall in love with us as well but I find I I have beautiful sexual relationships with friends as well and we don't we have deep care for each other and it's yeah. yep. it's not the big love. <laughs> it's yeah, lowercase love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, but it's still it's still valid and it's still I want I don't want you to not have those emotions anymore if you feel like they're good for you. I just don't want those emotions to hurt you. As long as those emotions are good and they make you happy when you see me and like when you go home you don't get hurt then they're good to to maintain yeah i think um it's funny that you that you uh talk about love bubbles the bubbles <laughs> um which is so true it's like you're creating this fantasy bubble but anyways another thing that when i met you and i know you do describe yourself this way on your socials um, <laughs> is being bubbly is being a yes. bubbly person can you talk about maybe how your bubbliness helps attract people that want to connect with you in this way um yeah well I guess I'm just I'm silly I'm clumsy um (laughs) I think I'm funny (laughs) to a certain extent (laughs) I think I'm funny it's great yeah you are Um, you are I I'm naturally a happy person and so I feel that's also nice to be around (laughs) people that are naturally happy and not like sad um So I feel like I create a space within, like, who I am also as a person where things are positive and light and it's not scary to be yourself and to be also, like, clumsy <laughs> and everything. Uh, yeah, because, good point, good point. Because I'm I'm going to make a, I'm going to drop the glass of water for sure. I'm going to weirdly put my hand on the table and it's going to throw the food that was on the fork in my face. Like... <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm just a clumsy person. And uh, I think that also that fear of not, like, I don't have that fear of being too serious all the time. Like, I'm very comfortable with, like, not being serious. And so that's also fun in a way because, like, I don't know. I feel like I don't have that kind of, like, some people when they're so serious, like, you feel that they're judging you all the time. But I'm just like, ha, 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 that was funny. <laughs> I think that's um, so beautiful how you said, like, if I show up kind of, you know, bumbly and and whatever, it gives that person permission to be vulnerable with me, like, to not take it so seriously. I think I do that intentionally as well it's like i i'm a playful dominant that's Mm -hmm. like my you know if i have a brand it's that again it is the brand is just me as well (laughs) it's just me at this point if you like me book me that's my brand but (laughs) exactly you know you know one of my my forward traits you know is that i'm a playful dominant so i think i do that same thing of like if i'm playful i'm giving you permission to not take yourself so seriously to the point of like you know, I want you to 
be able to be relaxed and if something awkward happens it's fine it's funny it's, it's welcome actually yes it's like we're sharing a vulnerable moment like mm -hmm. it's really you perfectly articulated that you that you give them um permission to show up in their kind of you know messy little self as well yeah. if, if we're we're humans too so if we kind of display we're a little bit silly messy clumsy bumbling whatever it is that i bet that's a really great access point to a lot of people who struggle with being perfect or yeah i'm so anti-perfectness <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and yeah I, and i think that would put so many people at ease with you yeah well, like, if I'm opening the door and I fall over my boots, like, <laughs> Immediately, that, just right away. <laughs> <laughs> after that, like, you can't really take me seriously. <laughs> you killed the buzz. If you had any, yeah, cool yeah. points, they're gone, so. Yeah, everyone says, like, in my photos and everything, I look so intimidating, and the second I open the door, I'm like, hey! And then they're like, oh, <laughs> she's not scary. <laughs> She's yeah. she's a normal person. I'm like, yes. I don't think you look intimidating in your phone. But maybe because you know me. You know, I don't know. Maybe. I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. I think I see that that little kind of playful devilishness in you, even in your serious photos. <laughs> I, I perceive them as being like, wink. You know, <laughs> yeah. look how serious I am. Wink. You know, That's how I feel when I take them. <laughs> <laughs> you're like in drag like as yeah, a serious uh, person basically <laughs> basically my drag queen photo shoots like of yeah. myself are like I'm a serious Victoria Beckham never smiling person but you're like tee hee hee <laughs> yeah. this is fun to play this person to be this character for a second yeah <laughs> yeah so this is kind of, that's kind of an interesting thing though um do you ever like think that maybe you should take pictures that are I don't know like smiling laughing ones like I try I do them I uh, I, I do at every photo shoot um and then I post them and I don't know they get like less traction than the ones where I look like a serious bitch <laughs> yeah what do you think that's about like I have no idea I just I post the various things and I just see what works and what doesn't but on my website I have a bunch of goofy things like I did this photo shoot with Anna Sliz where I were we're like playing Nerf gun battles at a park oh my and like she was playing almost like the client like you could see like the Nerf gun oh like pointing and stuff <laughs> and like just me laughing and stuff or like I'm trying to play football and then like the ball is just falling everywhere and like I'm <laughs> trying to do more photo shoots like that where I just like I look like an idiot <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah 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 and we'll see if it works <laughs> where you look like a hot idiot <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean your photos are fucking gorgeous you're oh, fucking you. beautiful oh another thing you're quite petite you're petite yes. one, aren't you yeah i'm very very tiny Does big personality ever... very small body <laughs> <laughs> small but curvy body yes yes um do you have is there advantages do you think i'll say to being like a petite provider does it read a certain way do you um, think, to clients? I like I don't know if like height 
has ever been a thing for some of my clients because I know a lot of clients also like the really, really tall model type girls. And I always feel like, oh, I'm never tall enough. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I really like being small and tiny. I feel like I'm very uh, transportable. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like if you want to pick me up in, like a princess and then throw me in the bed, very doable. Uh, even for fellow providers, like in orgies, like I've had other providers lift me up as a princess and throw me in bed. So <laughs> I like that I'm Easily movable. <laughs> Maneuverable, yeah. Yeah. Oh, April is in the way. We'll just pick her up and move her aside. Um, <laughs> um, it, was, it was an issue for me being small and, like, looking small when I started in the sex work industry because there's a lot of, like, let's say bad clients that have fetishizing things for younger, very younger, underage people and because my body looked very small and very petite and very young when I started I had a lot of weird clients in that sense that were like fetishizing my small and young looking body mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um I feel that that changed a lot in the last years where I'm like trying to look well also I look more as a woman than I was when I was like 24 but Oh, you yeah. look like a woman in your photos. Absolutely. <laughs> I you really want to be like, a, I don't want to be a girl. Like, I don't want you to think that I'm a little girl. I don't want you to think that I'm. That's not like, what we're trying to do. No, no, no. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Oh, you yeah. was womanly. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking yes. at you, these Nerf gun photos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because that shows your playful side, right? It's like yeah, and also if you want to do a Nerf battle with me in the park, I'm the best guy. I have all of the guns. Like, come at me! <laughs> I have all of the guns. These oh, these guns. Which way to the beach? Yeah, yeah. Okay, April. Um, I want to uh, give you an opportunity before we go to tell us all the ways people can like find follow you where can they be a part of these parties and these events that you mentioned yes. and where where can they book you one-on-one -on -one as well um you can find a lot of information on my website it's aprilkillian.com um i post like my events and stuff and my availability is everything on there on Twitter, it's April Rose, my old name, uh, ESC for escort. And on all other social media, it's date April Killian uh, to find me. Uh, you can also, on my website, there's a mailing list. So if you want to join the mailing list anytime, anytime that there's an event or there's a social event or anything, my email list gets the first know of everything. And so if you're on the email list, you'll be the first to know about any event that I'm organizing and you'll get to get my monthly uh, silly newsletters where I talk about silly things that happen to me in the month mm -hmm. and <laughs> I share <laughs> like some specials, like sometimes I do like monthly specials and stuff uh, for bookings and so those are all in the emails as well. Fabulous. Yeah, that's going to be the first question people are going to have after listening to this episode is where can I get to these parties? So <laughs> yes. join that mailing list, people. Yes, yeah. yes. And then for yeah. me, okay, I'm at the Lady Pim one on Twitter. That's where I'm yes. the most active. We're also on Instagram, the Bedpost Podcast, or the Lady Pim. I'm on TikTok for some reason, at the Lady Pim. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I never like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does all the original music for the podcast. Her name is Stephanie Copeland. 
Copeland, and you can find out more about her at stephcopelandmusic.com. April Killian, this has been a fabulous Yay! conversation. It's been so fun talking to you. Thank you for your time to, with me today. Thank you. I love you so much. This is I love you too. I'm feeling the love, the love <laughs> bubble. I'm in it. Um, everyone, we will see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar!